and a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear down and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. Come on. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace and a time to dance. So this morning, we're going to spend 60 seconds of dancing for Jesus. And I don't want you to worry about the person next to you because the last time I looked, the person next to you didn't die for you. The person next to you didn't die for you. So we are going to step into the joy of the Lord this morning, regardless of what that looks like. Because God, when He is here, we have got to move. Who's going to dance with Jesus this morning? Who's excited? Come on. So we're going to turn it up and we're going to jump. And we're going to have fun. So are you ready to jump? Let's get going. Let's praise God. Come on. Let's move. Get all moved. seconds to catch your breath because I'm going to invite Kathy up to come and pray for the kids <laughs> as they head out to the zone. But keeping in the theme of this morning's bit of fun, what voice shall Kathy pray for the kids in? Have we got a voice? We've had a Yoda. Who else? What have we got? Do- Okay, right. Let's give her a second. It's going to be in Dory's whale voice. No. So, that's a bit mean, eh? Pray for the kids. In Dory's whale voice. Because Jesus so understands that, right? Okay, let's all close our eyes. <laughs> Dear Jesus, God, we ask that you bless the kids this morning. Lord, that they will have a great morning. And they will learn all about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. While we carry on the craziness in here. 
needed that this morning? Yeah? Who needed that like a hole in the head? Come on, no. Oh, yep, Kathy's going to lead that. She's just voluntold herself. Awesome. It's good. Isn't it? It's good to have fun in the presence of God. How God loves to have fun with you and have fun with us. It's so cool. So we're in for a bit of a, an interesting morning. I've got a few funny stories that God's asked me to share this morning, so we'll have a bit of fun with that. Um, so we're in a, in a series called Engaged in Purpose. Okay, more specifically, my title for this morning's message is Your Purpose is External. Okay, so it's something that is bigger than you. Okay, so I'm catching my breath for the next few minutes as well, so be with me. But to be engaged in your purpose, you have to purposely engage, right? Because you can't be engaged in purpose if you actually don't purposely put yourself in the position to engage in what God's purpose is for you, right? So what is our purpose? Give me a couple of answers so I can breathe. What's, what's God's purpose for us? To disciple others and to worship him. So yeah, disciple others. Make that great commission. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. We've got to yeah, help God love people. Express and share the gifts we, he has given us. For us? No. For others, right? Remember your purpose is external. The gifts God's given you is not for you. It's so that he can move through you, okay? So what else? So we make disciples, so that's basically sharing the good news, right? Heal the sick. Yeah. All these things that God's called us to do through you, okay? You have got classic examples like the Great Commission, Matthew 8, 28, verses 18 to 20, Mark 16 to 15, where it said, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, King James Version is quite a hard case. He said, unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. <laughs> so if you're not adverse into sharing the gospel, practice on your cat and dog. <laughs> it's not exactly what it means, but we'll use that as an excuse. But we are called to go, aren't we? We are not called to stay. And so a challenge for me to be myself is what does my go look like? Because when I honestly look at my life, if I'm to go and share the good news to people who don't know Jesus, I look at my circle of friends and influences, guess who they are? Christians. I'm already trying to share the gospel to people who already know who Jesus is. Well, yeah, we hope. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I know what my role in that looks like because God, it's, and it's, for me, it's, it's grounded on Proverbs 27, verse 17, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. God has given me a gift of teaching, which I am engaging in my purpose to grow and develop that, not for me, but for his purposes through me, to equip people for works of service. That's part of my role, but that doesn't exclude me from works of service. I still have to be intentional about my go and how I am sharing the gospel to those that don't yet know who Jesus is. So God's challenged me quite a bit lately and said to me, who is your spheres of influence that are not Christians? Because if we're called to go and all I'm surrounded with is Christian family, 
preaching to the converted, or I'm trying to share the love of God, that you guys already know what hope and faith and the amazing thing Christ has done for us. Man, that's a massive challenge for me. Might be a challenge for some of you. What does that look like? Oh, very good. Now I can breathe. So, the season that Shani and I are in at the moment is, it's been six years, so it's been quite a long journey. Um, but God has moved us into a new position in town in our new house. And we've been there for 11 months now in this massive place. Time goes fast, eh? It's pretty crazy. And um, Shani comes up to me after about a week or two. It must have been, I've been in the house. And she says, I really believe God's got a purpose for us and why we're here. And that's to create this Friday night club. Actually, it's a Friday night youth club. Better not say club like tequila. No. Let's get our dance back on. <laughs> no, but it's this Friday night youth club. Sorry, all you party animals. And, and so we started to look at that. What does that look like? Because in our circumstances and stuff currently at that time, it was like, well, we can't actually really afford it because the concept of this Friday night club, youth club, <laughs> better keep saying that, don't I? Um, is that Friday after schools, that their house was open environment for our young people of our town to just to come in to a safe environment where they get fed, they get looked after, there's great fellowship, and we feed them, and then we head off to the youth event for that night. So it extends the youth event, but there's a great intimacy of these youth getting to know one another apart from the two, three-hour period that they have at a youth event. And so Shani and I were thinking, well, how do we feed all these kids? You know, we started looking at practically, you know, how do we feed these kids? What is it going to look like? You know, to be fair, Casey and, and Jade and that stuff have only got a real small, finite group of friends at this stage. This is like 11 months ago. And so, yeah, give them a big, oh. Yeah, that's 11 months ago. Remember, remember that, it's 11 months ago. So, but our responsibility was to start sewing into that still, despite... What I looked at and thought, no, we can't actually do that. It's, we've got limitations. No, we could pray into it. You know, we started positioning ourselves for that. You know, it was quite common in our house to have two or three teenagers anyway come and stay on Friday, Saturday night. So it wasn't that much of a, a change, or we thought. Um, so we started to pray into that, you see. And what I want, what I believe God wanting to tell us this morning is that some of us have got purposes and dreams and visions, and you've been sowing into it for years. You have been praying for it. You might have been financially sowing into it. And what I want to encourage you is that the word says that there is a time for harvest. You've been sowing for years, and God says your harvest is coming. Keep sowing. His word promises a harvest. There is a time to sow and a time to harvest. So what you have been crying out to God for, what you have been purposely engaging in his vision and his call in your life, a time for harvest is coming. Don't lose hope. The flip side of that is that you cannot harvest something you haven't sown into. Right? So many people are trying to chase a harvest without doing any work for it doesn't work like that. There is a time to sow and a time to reap. People's marriages are a struggle and, and 
you need help and assistance, well, you have to sow into that. It's not just going to flick a switch and everything's going to be rosy. You will have to make sacrifices. You will have to make allowances. And that's not just for married people, but that's for young people who want to get married. Start sowing now to your marriage. You don't have to wait to be married to sow into your marriage. Start sowing now because the benefits of your harvest are going to be amazing. Shani and I, I was at an Acts conference. We're going to share something real personal <laughs> um, this, this year. And a lot of our season is financial. That we are, uh, it's one of our big barriers that we're breaking through. And God said to me, you need to sow financially, to reap financially, to get yourself out of it. And that's a step, for me, it was a personal step of obedience and faithfulness. Right? So we start doing that. I talk to Shani, partnership as one. This is what I believe God's saying. It's not me on my own. It's us together. Okay? And so we start to sow. Well, last week, the government tells us that the portion that they provide for us gets cut by 25%. Ouch. Tough. Now, that's a big hole for us. But you know what? John 10.10 says that the enemy comes only to rob, kill, and destroy. That's his only purpose. And I know that my God is a God who can restore what the enemy has taken, right? I'm not going to let him shift me off our purpose. I'm not going to let him, for too long, distract my frustrations and anger to take off what God's called us to do. Because we are in a season, and I know that we're going to have a harvest. And so I'm fighting the enemy who's trying to rob, steal, and destroy and say, I don't think so. Not today. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on. So you will have challenges in your seasons. But keep sowing. Because your God is a restorative God. He will give back what the locusts have eaten. Keep fighting. Anyway, where did I go to? My story. Um, So Casey, all of a sudden, and Keelan and Scott's involved in this as well. Their, their little friendship, their club, explodes real quickly. And now called the squad. It's, you know, that's how many they are. There's a horde of them. And there's like 12, 12 to 13 of these young guys. Casey, Keelan, and Scott are the only Christians. The rest are non-Christians. Okay? And so all these guys start turning up to our house on a regular basis. It's not uncommon to have eight or nine teenagers staying at our house for the weekend. And it's awesome. We had some on Friday night. I didn't even know who they were. Casey didn't even know who they were. But they were sleeping in his room. You know, we had shifted him into the bigger room on purpose to extend his capacity to bring these youth into a safe environment. He had the smallest room in the house. But I had to engage in a purpose with him to expansion. You see, I was intentional about that. And so the challenge that we laid out to these guys as a youth leader and as a dad is that you need to get these guys into the youth environment. Which then meant, as a youth leadership, we had to create an opportunity for them to engage into. So we came up with this whole theme and concept of tribal wars for our youth. And so we set up this event for for our youth, and we told our local 18 to 20 safe Christian youth that come on a regular basis that we are doing this. The youth group is bigger than what you are. Your purpose is external. Invite your friends. And we created intentionally an environment for them to do that too. 
right? You've got to position yourself. We had prepared to sow for what God was going to do. So we have our first youth event for tribal wars, and 40 youth turn up. It doubles overnight. 20 of them are non-Christians coming in for the first time, seeing what a church looks like. And they have an absolute blast. And now consistently we have 35 to 40 young people coming into our youth group because we intentionally positioned ourselves, created opportunity, and pushed our youth to say it's not about you, it's about bringing others into this environment, right? So we engaged them. And on the 20th of October, which is just a few Friday nights ago, Shani and I were standing in our kitchen, and we said, look, I said to her, look, Friday night youth club. Casey had said to us that evening or that afternoon, hey, can some of the guys come back for dinner afterwards and hang out before the youth event? And we didn't register it then, but it was like, oh, yeah, cool. So we said, how many? And he said, six. Didn't you, Case? Six young people kind of turn up. So the six walk in, followed by the seventh. The 8th, the ninth, the 10th, me and Jaden looking at each other going, that boy can't count. <laughs> it's crazy. Homeschool. Yeah. Two plus two is five, right? We look behind us. Oh, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I think we stopped counting at 16 because I'm school too. No. <laughs> Sorry, Mum. And I recognized that this is what God had purposed in us 10 months prior. And we had slowly engaged in prayer and thought about what that was going to look like. But we didn't even recognize it until it was happening. And we're having Friday night youth club at our house on a regular basis, feeding these kids. The cool thing about it is there's some of these children, parents take an interest. <laughs> and so they're calling us up and ringing me and speaking to me, hey, I've got little Johnny coming to stay at your place, apparently. What's happening? And so I get to share with them what God has put on our hearts as a family to have an open home for a safe environment where we get to feed them, where we get to engage them into fellowship and community that is safe. There's no alcohol. There's no drugs. It's an environment we want to steward really well for these young people, and we want to get them into the youth. And their parents are going, wow, that's amazing. One of our battles was how do we finance this? One of these kids turns up and says, your parents, my mum wants to give you this because it's, uh, she loves what you're doing. And it's paying for our next Friday night youth club. That was emotionless. <laughs> did, you catch, did you catch that? I had to swallow the tears. God will provide. And it was so cool, but we engaged in the purpose. We engaged in a younger generation to push them into their purpose, to expand what God was calling them into, which now brings a whole set of challenges for us as a youth leadership. Can you imagine 20-odd non-Christian youth turning up to an environment for the very first time? Creates a few challenges, and as a leadership, we are working real fast and real hard to make sure that our culture is protected and that everybody's protected, Christian, non-Christian, doesn't matter. But now they're bringing their mates who are bringing their girlfriends who's changing the dynamics of our youth group. But that is cool. We accept everybody regardless. And that's why Josh Klinkenberg's message for me personally as a leader and as a father and even us as a church was so powerful. You know that power of sound message? He talked about it. Has anybody not heard that yet? 
that was their hands up so I could bring. It's on the app. You've got to listen to it. It has set the foundation for next year's series that our rhythm defines us. God has put that on full spirit and said, this is where we're going next year. And it comes out of this message. And he talks about these metronomes. You know those machines that... And he showed a video of that, because most of you have seen it, with um, 30 of them on the table, and they're all set at different times. And eventually, two of them start getting in sync with each other, and then three, and then four, and then five. And after a couple of minutes, all 30 of them are in sync. So for me as a father and as a youth leader, I can encourage my young people to say, ah, you might be having 20-odd youth people come in, but you stay the dominant rhythm. Okay? Because eventually... They will step into alignment with the culture of what we're doing. Okay? Some people have had visions and, and purposes given to you, but you've allowed other people to knock you off the rhythm that God has for you. God wants you to get back in the rhythm of what he's called. Get back into sowing into your vision and your purpose. Okay? So I encourage our young people to stand strong, to stay in the rhythm. And we had, what, four of them turn up to their very first youth or church service on our youth service night. And that was amazing. These young guys really felt God called to pull the youth into the middle and, and pray for them. You probably would have seen the photos if you weren't here. But these four guys stepped back. And then Casey and Keelan says, no, no, you're family. And you come. Okay? And they have four pathetic... Pathetic. <laughs> Still, still trying to breathe. Four prophetic messages spoken over them from four different people all saying the same thing. Four young people who had never been in the church environment before incorporated as in family because these young guys knew that youth was bigger than them and their purpose was greater than just them. They now on their playlist have who song. Planet Shakers, sitting amongst the M&M and the Metallica, and they're raging and they're having fun, and now on comes Hillsong. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. And they're sowing into these young fellas. That's awesome. So we need your prayer. We need your help for that as well. But here's the funny story that God wants me to share with you today. The other day I got metronomed. Oh, I got sucked into someone else's dominant rhythm. You ever had that? It's called peer pressure. No, it's not. In this, in this case, it's not. See, I was, I was going to the gym. It was the morning of gender wars. And so I'm pumped. I'm really excited because the guys are going to dominate this year. Okay. No, no, remember, this is the morning of. Okay? So, so bear with me. Yeah. So I go with an intensity to dominate. Yeah. You know, I've got my cardio workout set up. And so I spend my 15 minutes on the rowing machine, and I'm going hard. Then I'm on the treadmill for 20 minutes. Woo, yeah, into it. Then I hop on to the evil machine, which is for me is the cross trainer. Okay, I hate that machine. It's ugly. It's dumb. Everybody else hates those kind of machines. Most of you probably hate all machines, but that's my one. So I'm like, yeah, I'm into this. Move, devil, get out the way. I'm on this. You know, and I lift my resistance level because I'm tough today. You know? Um, and I start kicking off. I put on my Planet Shakers music, my worship music, and I'm praising Jesus. I'm praying for domination. Seriously. 
I'm praying that the men are going to have a victory. We're going to rise up and we're going to take these ladies. And obviously, I was the only guy praying because we lost. Come on, guys. Got to get some more spiritual warfare in there. Fight the fight. And so I'm into this a minute. I've set my RPM, which is that revolutions per minute. It's consistent. I'm feeling good. I've gone up a resistant level, so I'm cool. And then I notice someone's on another machine. There's an mach- empty machine here, and there's another person on it. And so I wanted to look to see who it was, but if you're in the gym and you stare too long, that's kind of weird, right? Yeah. It's kind of awkward. So I do the old fake neck stretch. Do the left first, because you don't want to go straight to the right. <laughs> stretch it around and have a look, and then freeze in the middle, and I keep going, my eyes. That's the biggest guy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Big. <laughs> Sorry about Phil. <laughs> It's this big moldy guy. He's covered in tats and he's going for it. And if you any if you like me, my imagination goes crazy places. I'm praying for survival now. I'm I'm not gonna look again because all my imagination is him sitting there going, Yeah. All I am to him is the chicken drumstick and he's gonna eat me. Seriously. I'm I'm going, oh no, I'm a little bit of white meat. So I'm starting, yeah, yeah, I'm tough today, but, and thankfully, after a couple of minutes, this little old Asian lady hops in, in between us, yeah, you've got to have Asian before you have Kiwi, it's good, I'm safe. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm racial profiling, I know, but this is my head, so you have to, God, grace upon grace, people. So I get back into my rhythm, I'm now focusing on my RPM, I'm enjoying my music, and I'm, you know, I'm going, and it's about five minutes, and I am tripping with sweat. Oh, some places I didn't even know it was possible. <laughs> and your mum will laugh at that joke. Um, and so I'm going, and I recognize, what the heck? And God laughs at me. And this is quite loud for me in my spirit. He said, you've just been metronomed. I'm what? And I'm now going at the same pace of this little old Asian lady who was just going nuts. <laughs> she was into it. And I'm going, what the heck? But I can't stop. Because what is that going to look like? I'm going to be outdone by a little old Asian lady? So I have to double check to make sure she was little and old. So another neck stretch comes into play. This time you can't do the same one because that looks weird too. So I do the old back and lift and I think, oh yeah, she is too old. She's like in her 55, 60s, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I got told today I was still young. I'm nearly 40. Oh. I don't need that. Um, and so what I, what I do is, oh, I'm, I've got to keep this pace up because I've got my manhoods on the line here. We've got gender wars. And I'm praying and I'm worshipping God. Yeah, I can do this. And I'm aching. My body is so sore. I've gone up a resistance level. I'm in trouble. I've got 15 minutes to go. I'm just praying, God, get her off that machine so I can stop. Okay? 10 minutes later, she decides to call it quits. In that process, I've, I've managed to sneak a peek to see what resistance level she was on, and she was three levels lower than I was, which is quite a bit. And I think, oh, no wonder that this is mean. And uh, so she jumps off, and I praise Jesus, thanks God. Um, I've got five minutes to go. But I realized that all of a sudden that my body still has the, is, is gotten used to that level. All of a sudden, it's not as painful. Oh, trust me, I'm still sweating. But I don't have the ache, and so I say, okay, God, gender wars. Let's get back to domination. Five minutes to go. And so I press on, five minutes, close my eyes. Please, Jesus. Still not looking at the guy because I still think he's going to eat me. 
And I get to the end of my 20 minutes and I realize that my RPM, my revolutions per minute, has gone even further. This will make sense shortly. So I get off the machine all jelly-legged. I can hardly walk. I collapse to the floor just trying to suck up the, the wind and the oxygen and thinking, yes, God, I conquered the, that evil machine. I even did it at a higher level. I even did it faster. Yeah, I'm the man. So I'm really talking myself up. I pull myself off the floor, turn around, there's that little old Asian lady on the treadmill. She sprinted. She is going hard. And I'm like, blow you, lady. You can have that one. And so I crawl myself to the exercise machine and finish off my, my exercise program for another 20 minutes. And in that moment, I sat on the bike, just aching and throbbing. And I said to God, what was that? Because he's laughing this whole time. I sense God laughing and having a great time at my expense. See, God loves to be in your company and have joy and have fun with you, even if it hurts. Um, where am I up to? And God gave me this, this message around your purpose is external, and, and he gave me, see, your key, my key verse is that iron sharpens iron, right? So one man sharpens another, and, and he said to me, that little old lady, that little old Asian lady pushed you to go further pushed you to go deeper. Iron sharpens iron. It didn't matter of her culture, her age, her race, or anything. It was the fact that I got sucked into her rhythm. And her rhythm, God said, was there to push you past what you thought you were capable of doing. You see? And so I'm going, oh, okay, God, I accept that. That's cool. Um, and I go back, and, and he compares that to the youth. And I've got 20 more years skin in the game of Christianity than in our youth. But did you see? <sighs> our drummer? Did you see? Our bass guitarist? Were you here for the youth service? <sighs> they encouraged me and pushed me to go deeper into my purposes. You see, when I was rubbing up against these young guys, it's not about their rage. They had a hunger and a passion for God. And so God was challenging me around um, to position yourselves beside people who are going to challenge you and to take you deeper into the purposes and the visions that God's got for you. And it could look completely different to what you expect it to look like. You have to be also careful of who you stand beside, right? Not everybody's for you, okay? Tall poppy syndrome's famous in New Zealand, and you can get knocked off your perch pretty quick, okay? But positioning ourselves beside someone or some people, despite of age, culture, sex, anything, is powerful. Because iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, which also leaves the possibility that one man can blunt another, right? So surround yourselves with people who are going to encourage you and build you up. Engage into the things that God is calling us as a church to step into. Because it's his power in us, moving through us, to impact those around us so that his kingdom above us can come and invade us, Right? Did you miss that? I'll say it again. It's his power in us moving through us to those around us so that his kingdom above us can come and invade the world around us. Right? 
I love that. That came out of that book, Destined to Win. So if you want more gold nuggets like that, because for me that was gold, you come to the night schools. Like my segway, it's good, eh? But it's engaging in purpose to surround yourself with iron sharpens iron. So when you step into your purpose, you are the dominant rhythm to draw other people into what God has put in you and using through you. Right? It is bigger than you. It is so much bigger than us. So we've got to be careful who we stand beside. Which leads me to the final challenge that I gave you this morning, which you didn't even realize was a challenge. You're dancing. Part of the reason I got you to dance this morning was that the fact was, the purpose was to dance. Did you engage or not? Okay? So remember that, (laughs) we can tell by your voice came that you were sold to the cause. So remember to engage in purpose, you have to be purposeful about being engaged, right? Some of you cut loose and dance like King David, right? Yeah, he danced with all his might. I don't know if there was a fear factor for you and what that might have looked like because you didn't have the abilities to do all the flash stuff. Um, yeah, this is how I embarrass my children. No, I'm going to stop. Pull the hammy. But David, I don't know if you know the story about David dancing before the Lord, but prior to that, he was angry with God. He was mad. The Ark of the Covenant was coming into the city of David, and it tipped. And so one of the guys reached out to stop it, and God struck him down and killed him because you just don't touch it. And David got angry with God, so he sent the Ark to Obed-Edom's house. And it stayed there for three months, and blessing upon blessing come out of his house. And David's like, well, I've got to keep me some of that. So he goes to collect it. And he's taken six steps. It says in the Bible, he took six steps, and he danced before the Lord with all his might. Here is King David, royal robes, no doubt, wasn't alone, had a procession of a lot of people, and he's the only one to dance, and he didn't care what it looked like. He danced before the Lord. How many of you danced this morning with all your mind? How many of you engaged into the purpose of the dance? Now, I want you to look past the dance. It's just a metaphor. How many of you engaging? How many of you just stood there and shuffled and called it dance? <laughs> That awkward two-step intermediate dance. Remember that? I do. You know, all the good people, they get get a bit of rhythm to it. Yeah. But all those that couldn't dance were just, whoo, this is awesome. And call it dance. Okay. (laughs) What about uh, those who stood still and said, no, I don't dance? Yeah. I, I saw you. I was on stage. But how many times does God call us to engage in a purpose and say, no, that's not my thing. I don't do that. See? Because remember, God looks at the heart, not on the outside. So he doesn't care what it looks like. He cares if you're willing to engage in what he's called to do. Now, there will be some of you, potentially, who didn't just say, no, I don't dance, but had something to say and hear about it. What's he doing this time? I oh, can't believe it. Can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> Seriously. So the challenge I have... That's quite weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Can we just delete that from the tape, please? 
Because it's not about the dancing, it's about the, the it's a, like I said, it's just a metaphor. What is God calling in you into to engage in your purpose that's external, yeah. right? What does your heart say? Does it say, yeah, I'm all in. Yes, God, send me, use me, all my might. Or do we just <laughs> two-step? Are you sold out for the purpose that God's put in you to be through you to the world around you? So what limits you from dancing? What's going to stop you from stepping into something that is bigger than you? Did you not dance because the person beside you didn't dance? Did you not dance? Or did people beside you not dance because you didn't dance? Did you catch those two different? Did you not dance because someone else didn't dance? Or did someone else not dance because you didn't dance? Or both, absolutely. Because your actions impact other people. And for some of the community out there are waiting for you to step into what God's called you to do because it affects them, has an impact on them. So are you willing to engage into what God calls for you and say, yes, with all my might? Not worrying about what it looks like because God wants a heart response. Our purpose is bigger than us. Are you intentionally stepping into his purposes? What are those barriers that are stopping you from engaging in our go? And it could be like I have, surrounding myself with Christians. What's, why is that a barrier? I have to ask myself, what have I, why have I done that? Because there, be, there could quite be something hidden inside me that's put up walls of protection with Christian families. And God's going to take me through a journey on that, I know. <laughs> but what is your limitations from stepping you from getting involved and, and saying, yes, God, here I am. I'm going to dance for you, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, embarrassing my children. Dad, get off the stage. Because remember, it's his power within us working through us to those around us, so that his kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven. When leadership and eldership call us to engage in something, what's your response going to be? Are you going to say, yes, God, I'm in that? Yeah, a little bit. Two-step. Complain or say nothing or complain. Because God's calling us into some amazing things in 2018 is going to be huge. Who's excited about 2018? Yeah. But it starts now by sowing into what God's got for us. Right? Because we're going to harvest a big year. We've got to be sowing. Let's get our sewing shoes on. Huh. Cool. Awesome. <laughs>